right. Good morning, church. Take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew 22. I'm going to read from there in just a second, as well as James chapter 1. We're going to do that as well. So just kind of put your finger there. Matthew 22 and James chapter 1. I uh, was this past Monday, we had an executive meeting. The pastors are in the room. We're all talking. I'm kind of just laying out a little bit of kind of direction and where I feel like I'm headed today for this Sunday, and um, I'm in the middle of sharing with them, and Rob McClellan basically told me, he said, uh, oh, so you're just basically going to kick everyone in the gut for 30 minutes uh, on Sunday, and uh, well, I assure you that's not my intention uh, with that, but I want to apologize ahead of time for that if it, if it actually happens today, um, but I do hope today uh, would be an encouragement to your heart and not a beating, Amen. Right, okay, good. Um, if it makes you feel any better, this is an area. We're talking about listening well today. And uh, some of you go like, oh, why today? Especially your husbands probably. If it makes you feel any better, um, this is an area I have struggled deeply with in my life. Uh, probably struggled more than any of you uh, at, at listening well and being a good listener. I have ADD. I've lit- you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, I, I, ADD for me was not something everyone understood. ADD for me meant spankings and restriction. That's, that's just what it meant. You know, you just got in trouble uh, back, back when I had ADD. Uh, but I, I grew up with this and paying attention and listening to people and listening to them uh, was something really, really hard. In fact, last night, I'm watching Joe Burrow play. I can't watch LSU anymore. It's over. But Joe Burrow is an expression of that. And so I just transfer right on over to the Bengals. It's close enough to a Tiger, right? So we're, you know, the Bengals are playing, and I'm watching that last night. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of it, I look over. My wife is, like, very upset with me. And I'm like, what? She's, I've been talking to you for, like, forever, and you haven't heard a word I've said. And I'm sitting there studying about listening, rehearsing a little last night about that, and I got in trouble. Uh, right there. And uh, so I blew it last night uh, in listening well to my wife, making sure she feels important. And I blew it. And so just know I'm the one that needs this more than anyone. So y'all just listen in on the Lord handle me today. Okay. So, uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to read Matthew 22, 35 to 40, and then James 1, 19. And then we'll unpack it. Jesus has uh, just handled a Sadducee and, and sort of uh, answered questions and put them in a debacle. And, uh, and, it, and we pick up in verse 35. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to speak to become angry. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and we dedicate this time to you as we open your word. It's not just uh, me or a human being or just even human language. This is a meeting with our divine creator. And so we listen and Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you give us eyes to see, hearts that understand, 
Um, and Lord, that we, because of it, because of our engagement, our heart would be full of your love, your grace, your mercy, your presence. And Lord, that we would, maybe in just one notch, that we would grow in our love for others the way we love ourselves. And we just ask that you'd empower us for that. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Okay, so Jesus says, you want to sum up all the commands. Look at, look at all the Genesis through Deuteronomy, all the, all the individual laws and commitments that were given. And Jesus saying, you can sum it all up into two. So if you do these two, you're pretty much going to fulfill all the others. Um, and that's the summary, these two. Uh, and, and he says, if you, if you love God with all that you are, and also, so we got a vertical love here, love God with all your heart, all, all of your being. And then love your neighbor the way you love yourself. To the degree you love yourself, you love your neighbor. And you fulfill that in your life. You're sort of, you're, you're, you're fulfilling the law. Um, and, I, and just think about the implications of such a thing. Um, it sounds great in concept, right? I mean, like, just, just love, and we would even say, should I love my neighbor the way I love myself? And they go, yeah, that'd be great. We'd all quickly agree to that. But if you ever sat down and, like, actually asked, how, what does that actually look like? And, and then what you'll find pretty quick after that is that you actually don't love your neighbor as yourself. You come very, very short of that. The only one who's ever loved their neighbor as themselves is Jesus. He's the only one that's ever satisfied that requirement of God. But we are called as his people with his power that is in us by his spirit to actually do that. To live our lives in alignment with him and fulfill that law to love others. We have power now to love others the way we love ourselves. And one of the questions that came up with the religious leaders when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, one of them, they always want to put it into a rule, right? Uh, religious people, proud religious people always want to put, put it into a rule to say, I, if I've checked that box with God so he'll accept me. Um, that's what they wanted. They, so who is my neighbor is what he asked. So if I'm supposed to live my neighbor as myself to gain acceptance with God, then who is my neighbor? And uh, Jesus answered that question by giving us the parable of the Good Samaritan. The example of the Good Samaritan, um, you'll know it's a story that he told. Um, and the summary of the Good Samaritan was a man was laying dead, on, left for dead. He was robbed and beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And others were passing by and no one was taking care of him. And a Good Samaritan, a Samaritan came by. Took him up, bound his wounds, took care of his needs, paid for the end, uh, all, all of the, the pain of the recovery of this person, this person absorbed in of themselves. And Jesus is saying, who do you think was his neighbor? And they say, oh, the guy that showed compassion on him and helped him. That's his neighbor. So who's your neighbor? What's the summary of this? Your neighbor is anybody in your life that's around you, period. It doesn't matter how different they are than you. Samaritans and Jews hated each other. There can be a person that's on the other side of the spectrum on any subject matter that you might find. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're a human being and they're in your path, they're in your world. And Jesus is saying, be a neighbor. Love them the way you love yourself. Anyone, a human being that's around you, love them. Be a person of love. Now, we're probably not going to run across a lot of people that are robbed and left for dead and beaten on the side of the road and everybody's passing by in our culture. It's probably not going to happen. But this is an example and that we are to take and apply to our lives as Christ followers, filled with the Spirit, empowered to do this. We are to take that example and learn these are the people in the pathway 
of my pathway, and, and these are the people that I'm called to love. And how do I do that in my life here? Love the way I love myself. It's an example. This morning I want to talk to you about the subject of loving people through listening well. Loving people through listening well. James says that we should be the kind of people who are quick to listen. I have rehearsed that phrase in my mind for a solid week by the minute. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. What is it? And then ask questions about it. What does it look like to be a person who's quick to listen and slow to speak? What kind of attitude should I have inside to make me quick to listen and slow to speak? Um, what are the implications? Of this? How, in details, how do I get quick to listen with people, strangers, to people that are closest to me, my wife? How do I be a person who's quick to listen and slow to speak? Try that and see how convicted you get and see how much opens up uh, to your mind. I want to be a person who's quick to listen and slow to speak. And James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Not just in certain circumstances, as a person, you are quick to listen and slow to speak. That means our instincts in our conversations with others, whoever they are, wherever they are, how much of a relationship we have with them, irrelevant, wherever they are, our instincts in all those conversations is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. But the trends appear to be showing in our culture, the opposite. We're doing a whole lot less listening in America, amen? Um, if we want to be a blessing, though, to the people in our lives, and we really want to align with God and feel his divine power flow through our lives and into the lives of others, the primary avenue is love, you will have to learn how to listen well. You're going to have to learn how to listen well. Last year, I was talking to a friend about cooking brisket. And obviously, you want to be good at that in Texas, right? Um, and I'm just not good. I cooked a brisket one time, and it was like everybody's chewing on shoe leather. And I was like, just throw it away. Uh, it's okay. Um, I, I totally blew it. But it's hard. It's hard to cook it. It's one of the hardest meats to cook. It takes a long time and all that kind of thing. But someone told me, uh, Dustin, my friend Dustin, said, you need to get a master class and, and go on there because Aaron Franklin does a step-by-step, -step, everything he does to cook a fantastic brisket. And I was like, yes, I would love to do that just to go take a class and learn something new. Uh, and so basically I did that. And while I was on there, I saw an advertisement for another class. And I was like, oh, when I get done with brisket, I am going to go to that class. And it was a class with Chris Voss. Um, FBI number one hostage negotiator in the world. Okay, so this guy has a class. He looks friendly, doesn't he? And he's a hostage negotiator. Um, his job is to come into a hostile situation. Someone has taken people hostage. They have a, a demand that they want met. And his job is to come in and to bring justice to this person, safety to the people, and you can't negotiate. But he's a hostage negotiator. So I would think if there's ever a scenario where a person doesn't really need to factor in listening, all you need to do is factor in how to win, that's what you do. And he says the primary way, if you go through his class, I went through his whole class, and I learned, you basically learn how to listen. The whole class is how to listen well. 
Because the key to solving the greatest problems, the greatest debates, the greatest um, negotiations that you might have. And he says, by the way, we negotiate in every little way all the time. We negotiate by crossing the street. We negotiate by driving a car. We negotiate a hotel room. We negotiate everything. We negotiate constantly. And if you're going to be a good negotiator, and even in your business, if you want to get what you need to get done really well, make the deal, get the transaction done, you need to learn how to listen really, really well. Because it will fall together for you in these types of circumstances. But he teaches you how to listen well in hostage negotiations. I thought, I have to learn this principle. And so I took that class, and it was a really great blessing to me. Why should we listen well? Let me give you a couple things. I'm going to go really fast this morning, so just write notes fast or um, email me for the notes, and I'll just give them to you, Okay. Why should we listen well? Number one, listening well is rooted in humility. Proverbs 18.2, fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. Know anybody that just delights in airing their own opinions these days? Well, it's, it's humble to actually listen first and listen well. It requires humility um, in your heart. Secondly, listening well is wise. Proverbs 18, 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Proverbs 17, 28. This is my favorite proverb of all proverbs. I wrote it down early on as a Christian, highlighted it, circled it, and said, that's me. Uh, Proverbs 17, 28, because I'm actually good at this. Even fools are thought wise if they, kept si- if they keep silent. Think about that. Even people, I'm an idiot. But if I just keep my mouth shut and don't run my mouth, I won't help people make the conclusion quickly. (laughs) Right? If I just keep my mouth shut, I'm good. Right? I I actually will be probably thought of as wise. Uh, This is, it's an awesome thing. It says discerning if they hold their tongues. Um, People tend to think well of people who listen well. Do you? Ask that question of yourself. Do I get drawn to and respect people who really, I feel like, listen really well? Think about that. It's wise to listen well. Listening well is being considerate. James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, being a wise person, filled with the the wisdom from heaven, pure, then peace-loving, and then it says considerate. And considerate, what does considerate mean? It means you consider others along with you. You consider others maybe ahead of you. You're considerate of another person's views, perspectives, lenses, whatever it might be, uh, situation. You're considerate of them and not just yourself. Listening well is being considerate. Listening well is treating others the way you would want to be treated. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 12, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Love sums up the law and the prophets. Love. Ask yourself, would I want someone to listen well to me? Who would not say yes to that? Um, All of us would. Because it's loving to listen and to listen well. We'll take it a little further. 
To love someone and listen is not just for the sake of listening so that they feel that you're loving. You actually can bring healing to a person's life by listening. It's very healing for many people, especially when it's emotional struggles. When they share something deep in their heart that's either a hurt or a wound or something in their life, and they're sharing that with you, and you are listening really well. It's like they get all of this stuff out of their heart, and then when you have listened well, you are helping them kind of seal it off and, and bring satisfaction to a place in their soul where there was pain or heat or hurt or something. Just to express it to another person and then say, I hear you, I see what you see, is, a, is a satisfying to a human being at, at some level. And you can actually bring great healing by listening well to a person when they're sharing their struggles and their hurts. That's why counselors have to be great at listening because a lot of healing can come from just a person sharing the depths of their heart with you and you hearing them well and and letting them know you heard them well and there's healing that can come to their heart from that. Um, Listening well builds trust in a relationship. People who listen well tend to be trusted more. That's just basic pragmatics of human relationships, right? And so listening to someone says, I care about you. And when someone says they care about you too, not just themselves, you trust them more. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt is tagged with this quote, and many people use it. But he says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? This is simple. This is very practical. When you listen well to others around you, you are showing care for them as a human being. You're even communicating that you care to them, and you don't even have to say it. Just your attention, just your listening is showing care for them. Listening well helps people examine their own views in life. Um, how often have you had a thought, and it's like a, a thought that you had, it's a position you hold on something, whatever it might be, and then you go to say it out loud to someone, and you go, now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't really make that much sense. But it took you saying it out loud and someone hearing it for you to go, okay, maybe that's not totally right. Did you know there's a process that you go through in analyzing the truth or the rightness of something as you speak it out and rehearse it, and in a conversation you help someone is there listening. You can actually work your way into the truth of a situation in your life. If you come into counseling, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to you in a relationship struggle that you have, and you're going to tell me the story. Just tell me the story. And, and I found that if I could just have someone tell me the story, and I ask a few questions to get clarity along the way, this person takes themselves right to what is right, true, and good, and they don't even need me. I can go, sounds like you're right on track. It happens all the time. And you being a good listener can actually help someone examine their own views in life. Because they're bringing their own thoughts into the light. And helping you see, and someone else is seeing it, and they're analyzing it themselves. And they can come to their own conclusions, and with very little effort on your part, telling them where they need to go. It absolutely happens all the time. It's the beauty of the Socratic method in teaching and learning. Ask questions that lead people to their own conclusion where they come to the place where you're trying to lead them and through questions. It's powerful in people's lives. And this is not in the notes, but I wanted to add another one. I added it just recently. Listening well causes others to want to listen well to you. When, you, when someone feels like they're heard, they're going to return the respect to you probably by listening to you as well. And so when you listen well to someone and they feel listened to and understood, it's likely that they're going to turn and ask, and, and ask of you and listen to you as well. And so when you listen well, they'll, they'll certainly repay the respect many times. Maybe not, but many times they will. So how to listen well? Let me give you a couple things. I'm going to go fast, so listen fast, okay? 
How to listen well. Seek to empathize. Start conversations in a posture of empathy with every person. Now let me clarify what empathy is. Empathy is simply seeing what the other person sees. That's it. Okay? Empathy is not a couple things. It's not sympathy. Sympathy is seeing their perspective and adopting it as your own or seeing their struggle and taking it on as your own and feeling something with them. Not, we're not talking about sympathy. We're talking about empathy. You're just seeing what they see, and that's it. But empathy is also not apathy. So think of it as two extremes, sympathy and apathy. Well, you're not taking on their view, but you also, you're not, not caring about their view. You actually are caring about their view. You're seeing what they see simply to, to see what they see. That's empathy. I want to see what you see, and I want to see it in fullness and in clarity. And that's empathy. Simply seeing or taking the time to see everything that they see. Okay? It's not necessarily agreement. Uh, it doesn't mean you agree with everything in this person. You're just wanting to see what their perspective is and listen to them out and hear them out. And empathy is the posture that we're to approach all conversations. Help me see what you see. Listen for the three P's. That's a, that's a way for me to summarize four points. <laughs> Pain, praise, purpose. All right, in your conversations, listen for the three P's. Pain, what is making them hurt? They will communicate it to you. You'll hear it. May your subtleties, but it'll be there. They'll, they'll let the hurt out, and you can find out what, what those are. How many of you are going to get asked, I mean, let me ask you this. How, how many times will you be asked today, how are you doing? How many times is someone going to ask you that question? Just answer. 10, 25, a bunch. How many of you have already been asked how are you doing? 10, 15 times just coming to church. You're going to have that common thing. It's a social, common, accepted thing. Everybody's going to ask you, even the salesman on the phone, you've been waiting for an hour. They're going, how are you doing today? It's, an, it's a common thing. You're going to be asked that question. Um, last year during the summer, I, re, I was reading an article on the plane with my, my family, and it's, it was talking about the power of talking to strangers. It was actually part of this book right here, The Power of Strangers, Power of Strangers, Benefits of Connecting to the Suspicious World. Now, me, let's, so give me an example. At an airport, going on an airport shuttle from one gate to the other, I, nothing in me says with all these people that are on the shuttle with me, I need to get to know them. Zero. Like I have no thought of it. Matter of fact, I think it's loving to leave them alone and let them mind their own business the way I mind my own business. That's just me because I'm an introvert. My wife, no. Loving to her and her mom is I want to know all these people and I want to know them all and I want to know everything. Lifelong friendships can be developed with my wife and her mom on an airport shuttle in three minutes. Oh, you're from where? Oh, you sound like you're from Mississippi. Where y'all? Oh, nice thing I know. I'm getting drugged into lifelong stories with lots of people, and here we are, you know. And I'm like, man, these people just want to be left alone. And then they know it doesn't actually happen that way. I'm terrible at talking to strangers. I just it doesn't even come across my mind uh, to talk to strangers and things like that. So I, it, something I need to learn and grow in is to maximize opportunities that I get with people who I don't know at all, and I may not get to know at all. In, in a very short amount of time. So I wanted to kind of study that. I wanted to say, is there some way I can get better at that? Um, talking to strangers. So uh, I read this article, and one thing came out of this 
that I want you to try, if you will be willing to try this. When someone asks you, how are you doing? The normal response is, fine, I'm good, right? Even if you're horrible, you're going to say fine. Why? Because you don't want to take the time to actually talk about it, right? Because you don't want to sit there. And, and then if you ask someone how they're doing and they give you some detail, like, oh, my God, it was just a greeting. Uh, you know, like I didn't want all your life, you know, like this, right? So how, do you, how can you do that? How can you have an interaction with someone and actually stimulate a conversation that might be very compassionate and actually very short? And you can show compassion and love them in a very quick time. Here's how. This is great. This is in the article I read. When someone asks, how are you doing, instead of just going, good, thanks, how are you, say this. Pick a number between 1 and 10. 1 is, you ain't going to make it. 10 is heaven on earth. All right? Pick a number in between how you're doing today. Pick a number. And say, today I'm probably about a 7.5 out of 10. Now, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be a little weird. They're going to go, oh, like I never heard a person say a number. So it totally throws the whole conversation into a new category now. But it's also appropriate, and it's kind of maybe give them a smile. But you pick a number instead of just saying, I'm fine. Go, I'm a 7.5 today. In fact, me personally today, I'd say I'm a 9 out of 10. I'm, it's a good day. Uh, and, what's, and, then, and then ask them how they're doing, right? So you go, how are you doing? I'm about 7.5 today. How are you doing? And they will probably give you a number, is what this article said. The article said they're going to jump in with you and give you a number back. Why? Because it is socially acceptable. I don't feel like I'm getting drug into uh, some sales pitch. I feel like he's just being a little different. And he's making me think a little differently about how I'm actually doing. And so they're going to throw back you maybe your same number, perhaps, whatever. But you have just opened the door of opportunity for them to say, yeah, I guess a five. And guess what you do when someone gives you five? You have just heard a pain. And you've given them an opportunity to share something about them in a unique way and in a fun-loving way and a smiling way. And they say five. If you get anything less than a six, respond back to them and go, you know what, I'm going to pray that God gets you a whole lot closer to ten real soon. And that's it. What you've just said is, I care. And you know what? I'm going to think about you and I'm going to pray for you. And you're not even being inappropriate. Or you could even say, if you want to keep the conversation going and it's appropriate you're on an elevator and you can't go anywhere, you can say, well, what, what would be something that could get you closer to a 10 today? And maybe they tell you, well, for one thing, my boss get off my back. And then guess what? You have a prayer request. Just try this. It's crazy how stuff goes. Whenever you just create an open door for it, God will even sometimes take the conversation and run with it. So I had to put that in here, and I still got a lot of points to make. So we got to get faster. But try that, and please send me your stories. I'd love to hear what happens. Listen to pain. Listen for pain. Listen for praise. What do they celebrate in life? When something good happens to you, what do you want to do? You want to get somebody to come and celebrate with you, right? You want to let someone in on the good news of whatever it is that's happened to you. And when they come in and they celebrate with you, it takes your joy higher because they're in the celebration. Be a person that jumps into people's celebration with them and celebrates with them. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. There's nothing more loving you can do when someone's rejoicing at something to come in and go, good for you. Praise God for that. I'm happy for you. It means the world to people. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. So listen for pain, listen for praise, and listen for purpose. In your conversations, if, you li- if you're talking long enough and you're getting to know a friend, maybe it's someone that you spend a lot of time with, listen for the pattern of their conversation for what they find is their purpose in life. What's the purpose of their existence? What is life all about to them? And they will paint that picture for you. And you'll know kind of where they are on their spiritual journey or if they have one at all. You'll know all of that You'll listen because you're listening for the purpose talk in their life. Ask good questions. Become a master at asking good questions. I'm not talking about interrogation, okay? I'm just talking about getting clarity because you're showing that you care and you want to know more, okay? MRI, I came up with this this past week. If y'all don't listen to anything else, please come up with the MRI. Listen to the MRI acrostic because I worked so hard on this, okay? So please make this count. MRI, MRI, you scan to see what's hidden, right? Well, you can scan people's lives to see what's hidden with MRI by listening. M is mirror, okay? Mirror. Now, I'm not talk, you know how you mirror someone if they stand with their arms like this, then you tend to listen and stand with your arms like this. You mirror them because you're listening well, okay? I'm talking about verbal mirroring, and you can get this from Chris Voss's master class. Basically, let me give you an example. I'm at lunch with uh, Casey this past week. I'm with him all the time, okay? So um, if you hang out with him long enough, you're going to be one of those stories, so be careful. I'm just saying. Uh, But we're at lunch eating a salad, and he is talking and telling me about something that really troubled him. And forgive me, I checked out. I'm totally into my salad. I'm thinking about something else. It's been about three minutes. He looks like he's going to cry. And I don't know what's going on with him. He didn't didn't look like he was going to cry. He's like, correct that. Okay, he didn't look like he was going to cry. But he was very troubled about something. And then I finally clued in. Well, he was telling me about his experience at the DMV. Always goes well, right? So he's at the DMV, he's trying to get a motorcycle license. Something happened and a glitch happened with the process. He gets a little frustrated with it. So he asks a question about the the process. And the lady apparently turns to him and goes, sir, you're going to need to calm down. And and he's like, Like, why would someone say that? I'm not... I don't, I don't feel like I'm not calm. And he looked at the guy next to him and said, am I, am I, am I calm? He goes, yeah, I think you're calm. I don't know. But she's just like, you're going to need to calm. You've been on edge since you came in here this morning. He's like, what? What? Why would you say that to me? I have not. You know, it's like he's, he's, he's totally getting caught off guard. Well, that has troubled him all day. He couldn't stop talking about all day long. So all day long, all I did, every time I saw him in the hallway, I was like, sir, you're going to need to calm down. Give you a... <laughs> um, so here's the situation. He's telling me the story, okay? One way I could have mirrored and listened better was if he's telling me the story and he told me, the woman said, calm down. Well, I can take that phrase and make it a question and go, she said to calm down? Well, what I'm saying to him is, tell me more. Unpack that for me. Unpack that for me. Mirroring is using words, and you've got to practice this, in a question that they've said. They've said a statement. You've turned it into a question, and I said, give me more. Unpack that. And so mirroring is using those techniques to help people unpack more and more. It's basically telling them, tell me more. So mirroring, M. R is repeat for clarity. If you're in a conversation with a friend or maybe on a drive, you're listening, you have time, uh, you can actually listen well by repeating back to them what they told you. You can say, okay, what I hear you saying is, and you go through all the details. And when someone hears everything they said repeated back to them in detail, it's very satisfying because I feel heard and understood. And there's something satisfying about that. So repeat back to them 
what you heard them say. I know, in casual conversation, you might not want to, like, okay, here's what I hear you saying, and, you know, take notes and that kind of thing. But as you are able to repeat back to people, you are showing them love. And then identify emotions. You really want to minister to somebody, ask them how they felt about it. When something's happening, they're telling you a story or something, and you ask them, how did, how did you feel about that? You know? Something I could have asked Casey in the moment is, you sound really troubled. I know I would be troubled. Is that bothering you? And then here comes, and you can give a lot of emotional healing by connecting with what someone's feeling. So ask, how did that make you feel? Or what, I know I would be bothered by that. Were you bothered? And, and then let them express that to you, okay? All right, so MRI, mirror, repeat for clarity, identify emotions. All this is listening well. Next, affirm the good. I don't care who you are in a conversation with. They can be the most extreme person away from your view, whatever that is and whatever category you want to give that. They can be the most extreme, different view that you have. And in a conversation, there are still multiple places in that conversation where you can see that they have said something you agree with, that you believe is right, true, and good. And you can insert agreement into those places. So when they say something like, and I know I shouldn't, you know, totally alienate my dad. Yeah, you don't want to alienate your dad. No one would want to alienate their dad. So you told them that's a good thought. You're saying that's a good thought. I, I agree there. That's good. That's right and true. Um, some, you know, when someone is sharing with you, affirm the good that you do here. Connect in those moments. Nod your head when you say, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, agree with them in those moments. Affirm the good. And I promise you, many times in this, this way of listening, um, you, you will help them come to good, good conclusions and get them on a good path. And then lastly, because I know this is a lot, practice. You, this is something you have to practice. You have to practice becoming a good listener. You have to intentionally think about it, and you have to begin to work at it. Especially if you're like me. You have a long way to go, and you got to really work at it. Some of you is more instinctive. But this is something you practice. Listening well is not a spiritual gift. Listening well is not a special ability that some people have. No. Every human being can listen well. Being a good listener takes practice. So commit. To be an active listener, a good listener for the people in your world. And let's just see, if you do that this week, work at it. And let's just see the pathways that are opened in your life. Let's just see if God might pull a coincidence that is really random and teach you something out of it this week. Think about listening well this week. Okay? So if you want to be a person that blesses others around you and you want to make that eternal impact, be a person of prayer. We talked about that last week. Let's focus on prayer this week and let's practice, on, let's practice listening well all week. Spend your days really thinking about that and focusing in on that and see where God takes you. Next week, we are going to talk about a much more wonderful topic that I am actually really great at and I'm going to teach you a lot. Eating. Okay? So... Um, Make sure you come back, bring a friend, um, and let's focus on those things this week, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, I know we've gotten to deep into the weeds. But to take that phrase, quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. What we have sought to do in these moments is to unpack that into the details of life and caring for people. 
Make us good at it, Lord. Guide us, Holy Spirit, this week and teach us to listen well. Show us the power of it. Give us wisdom. And we pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You stand with me all across the room. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.